Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski Podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio. I'm your host, Adam Wright, along with Justin Tucker. So I'm here again with same old case that's sitting over my microphone after my dog ate my pop filter. So this is all that I have shielding my microphone from my mouth. But uh, So today's the day. We have our first week of player rankings for this summer. We're starting with safeties. And so we, we actually spent a lot of time on this off camera debating who we think should be the top 10 safeties in the NFL. So it was, it was interesting. But first we have some updates on the Julio Jones sweepstakes. So from a couple, a couple of days ago, per Diana Russini of ESPN, she said that teams have been inquiring about Julio Jones, that teams are offering a first round pick. Originally, from around the league, everyone, everyone was thinking they, it won't take a first round pick for him. And he's still getting offers. The Seahawks and Ravens have inquired about the player. Patriots have been rumored to be interested. So, Justin, what do you think it'll take for Julio Jones? Well, I first and foremost, I'll say Ravens do whatever it takes to go get him. Besides giving up a first, that's just ridiculous. But I believe his worth right now as a aged veteran receiver in his 30s and not in his younger 20s, I believe he's worth the second and the third. I believe the Falcons wishing to get a first round pick could happen depending on how desperate of a team can be for another like all pro caliber wide receiver, Hinton Packers. But uh, I, I believe overall it'll take basically a second and a third to get the job done to get Julio Jones, who is 32 and on the you know other side of his career now. Yeah, so see, for all this buzz that it's going to take a first-round pick, I think this is – I kind of think this is just the Falcons kind, kind of trying to – trying to get the media involved to sort of get all this buzz going. Uh, all Everybody in the media is all like, Julio Jones, Julio Jones, who wants him, who wants him, who wants him? And there really hasn't been much noise on him. Mm-hmm. You know, for a, for a star wide receiver, you would think there'd be so much buzz, but there's it's really been kind of quiet on Julio Jones. Like it's almost been, you would think, you would think he'd be the number one story, but he's kind of been almost an afterthought. And I mean, it, this could be, I could be, have something to do with the fact that it's kind of the summertime and the uh, NFL isn't quite as talk, as much talked about, you know, the, uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs going on, the, NB, the NBA playoffs are going on, uh, baseball's underway. So, you know, football's kind of turned into an afterthought and, it feels like that could have been – I mean, but it's, it is Julio Jones at the same time. Yeah. So you wonder what's going on with that. Um, so I feel like just teams aren't just aren't fooled. And they're they're saying this guy is 32 going on 30. He 32 has – 30. What's that? 32 going on 30, you said. Sir, uh, yeah, sorry. 30, 32 th- going on 33. Um, <laughs> whoops. And this – uh, this guy has a large contract that people wanted people have to deal with. He's coming off of injury riddled season. And when you when you deal with ankles, the soft, you know, the soft tissue, um, all of that, Ooh. it becomes it's especially at his age, it becomes a problem. Um, it just feels like a lot of teams are just looking at this and saying, 
we'll give you maybe a second tops. Mm-hmm. So it, it might at the very at the very um at the very most end up being a second round and a third round pick. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe maybe a starter. I'm thinking so here's my here's my here's my trade offer that if I were to if I were to speak with Bill Belichick, I'd be like, okay, Bill, here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> All right. So Stefan Gilmore, he's on the last year of his contract. He's still playing at an elite level, but we have plenty of depth at cornerback. We have we have Jonathan Jones still, and we have uh, J.C. Jackson. Those are two very solid corners, and mm-hmm. they also have uh, Jalen Mills, who they're also – it also looks like they're planning on trying at corner as well. So they have a, they have a loaded secondary. Um, the, Fal- the Falcons need lots of help in the defense, particularly in the secondary. So what do you do there? You look at it and you say, okay, we need a wide receiver. You need a, you need help in the secondary. We offer you Stefan Gilmore and say a third and a third fourth round pick. Mm-hmm. They give us Julio Jones in a late pick. Who says no? They will because he's on the last year of the contract and they, that doesn't guarantee him to stay. Yeah, he might like the Falcons. Never know. Yeah, he might like the Falcons giving up a twenty-eight to three lead. That's funny. That's well, if they were dumb enough to give up a twenty-eight to three lead, they're dumb enough to take a age defensive back, who's, who's, uh, who's still playing at an elite level. They they could be fooled. They might fall for it, but I don't think Stephon Gilmore will be keen on it. And I don't, I don't think Bill wants to give up Gilly anytime soon. But I find this completely strange that. Julio Jones is around the same like status of like Muhammad Sanu, where you only have to give up like a second and another pick to get. I find that unfair to Julio because he's worth a whole lot more compared to Muhammad Sanu. Yeah, don't, I, don't even make that face. You know it's true. I I don't know why they gave up a second round pick to get Muhammad Sanu. I still and what a bum too. They they were willing to do that, but they weren't willing to give up what what was it a fifth for Emmanuel Sanders that the 49ers got him for, who was a stud for them when they. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, I, we don't need to talk about that though. Oh, we're talking God. about getting Julio Jones, who is going to be the better Falcons wide receiver for the Patriots. This is this is going to be reminiscent of, this would be reminiscent of Randy Moss coming into New England and just lighting it up, mm-hmm. minus the Super Bowl loss. Oh, so you're hoping that, you know, you know, oh, so it's like Cam Newton's going to be throwing 50 touchdowns and Julio Jones is going to be throwing 23 of them, which would mean you would lose the bet, but you would happily lose that bet. I'd lose that bet. I just bet. (coughs) I just bet it's going to be Cam Newton at first. And then Mac Jones is going to step in and then he'll look like he'll look like Tom Brady. And then you'll win the bet and make your team go to the playoffs. That's what you're hoping. Max. Yeah. I bet they it it's gonna take a it's gonna take a year or so for Mac Jones to go up to uh, elite quarterback status if he has it, but that doesn't mean he can't he can't show some strides during the season, help bring him to the playoffs, a type of uh, Lamar Jackson type year, in in his own play style, of course. You know he's not gonna be running all over the field. You see his you've seen him. We've all seen him shirtless. 
we've, we've seen the gut. Body. It's, it's not find that attractive. What's that? Females find that dad bod attractive. They they like it for the personality. They <laughs> like it for the personality because they think they think oh he must be he must be all insecure and everything. He must be you know they that's it's it's okay what. We're not we're not in it. We're not looking at Mac Jones for his ability to pull to pull chicks. Mm-hmm. We're looking at his ability to win football games. So which will give him jewelry to pull chicks with. He could. He could. He could. You never know. Tom Brady, he's he, he has I a mean, super he, model. Tom Brady has a Super Bowl water, model wife. But at, at the same time, you can't say that Tom Brady doesn't look the same as uh, do, you, Tom Brady does not look anywhere near the same as when he was first drafted. I hate how people no. try to say, "Oh, well, he's off, he's unathletic." Did you see him at the combine, dude? That was like 21 years ago. He's still right. unathletic. <laughs> I mean, he look, yeah, he's he's slow, but he has a strong arm. He's a he has a beautiful chiseled chin. His okay. hair is nice. He's he's a stud. Enough gawking about Tom Brady and go back to Mac Jones being your guy. Or Julio Jones, like what our topic was, mm-hmm. you know. But Julio, jo- Julio Jones, um, he, he's the type of player who, who could ter- turn any good team into a great team. Or any bad team into a decent team, good team. He, he, he has that – he's going to make any team that he goes to much better. Um, <laughs> And I mean, it just—it's just a matter at this point of whether or not it's a matter of whether of whether or not it will be interesting whatever team he goes to. Like if he if he go let's say he goes to uh, let's say he goes to the uh, Cincinnati. Be- Actually, that'd be interesting. I, I, no, it wouldn't, because it'd just be all right. He can get all the. He wouldn't even get passes out because he still needs to fix that old line. That still wouldn't. Yeah. It would be like, it would be like if he went to the Cowboys. The Cowboys. <laughs> if he went to, like, name a t- name a team that's just mediocre, that we don't that we don't see as a contender that could finish with like could very well finish with like one one or two wins if that. He exactly. go, he just goes there and he t- he turns them into a six win team. Wouldn't that be the most anticlimactic team, the yeah. most anticlimactic thing ever? Like I'd rather see him see him be a Patriot. I want to see him be a Colt. If he was a Packer, yeah, that'd be great. If he was a Packer, I think they won the Super Bowl. If I'm being honest. If he became a 49er, I, I don't think they need him. But wouldn't it wouldn't it be reminiscent? Wouldn't it look like he he could wear number 81 out there? He could look like uh. No, not Terrell Owens. He he will not wear that number. Who's, who's the, well, what number did um? Jerry Rice wore eighty. Eighty? Yeah, Jerry Rice wore eighty. But to me, it'd just be another repeat of the Shanahan offense of twenty sixteen, because that's the same offense Julio ran when they made it to the Super Bowl. Right. So he it would fit in perfectly. And that forty niners team with the new quarterback, and even if the even if it even if I think Jimmy Garoppolo would be just fine in that offense. He might win MVP. I don't think I wouldn't go that far. I don't think with the weapons he has with Julio and the running game and the defense. Yeah. He'd have the potential of putting up a lot of points and a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. I could see it. 
He could. Depends. I don't. I mean, I I don't I don't have a lot of faith in Jimmy Garoppolo. It feels like he's more of the fact that they just don't they just don't even during his good year with the 49ers, they didn't trust him that much. Yeah. All right. Um, so we're gonna move on to our player rankings. Uh, stay tuned. It's going to be it's gonna be very interesting to see to compare. We're gonna we're gonna just gear up for some interesting some uh, fiery debates here. We have very different we have some very different rankings, so we're gonna we'll probably be at each other's next. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio. I'm Adam Wright here with Justin Tucker. We're going to start our our player rankings, starting with the safeties. This is week one of our uh, player rankings. We are going uh, we are going through all of the skill positions, starting with this one. Now, um, this is uh, the way we're going to the way we're going to split this up is we're going to go first with our top. We're going to first break down our top our bottom five, so six through ten. Um, and then next we're going to go through five through one. So we're going to start from the bottom and we'll work, work our way to the top. Uh, so, uh, so Justin, why don't you share your number one guy, uh, sorry, your first guy in your player rankings, number well, 10. Ladies, well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast, my number 10 guy, I will admit I'm being, I'm showing favoritism. My number 10 guy is Deshaun Elliott. Uh, that guy to me is a old school hitter. I every time I hear, every time I see him play, he makes he makes a play that you go like, "Ooh!" You hear it. You hear the sound of him. You, he's just one of those old school ball players that I always liked growing up, and he would fit in any era of football from present to old school, which is why I would like him. His ideal fit would be in the box so he can be around the ball carriers like Derrick Henry. Y'all saw what he did to Derrick Henry. Rocked him. There you go. That's what that's what I like to see. And so, yeah. And I know it's a little bit of a homer because he plays on the Ravens, but I believe he'll take another step forward, another year removed from him being injured, and he'll rightfully earn his spot in the top ten. Do you think that you would have had him in your top ten if you weren't a Ravens fan? Be honest. No. Exactly. But I probably exactly. have him top twenty. I have him top twenty. You are such a Ravens fan. Uh, yeah. You, yeah. Such a biased Ravens fan. You know, I put my I put my bias aside. I tried to put in oh. Devin to put in Devin McCourty. I tried my best. No, but I said, not, like, dude. you know what? You know what? I'm gonna put my bias aside and I'm gonna have Jabril Peppers as my number ten guy. He's a guy who was originally drafted by the Cleveland Browns. He he played he played all right for Cleveland. He had some growing pains in the early going in his, of his career. But ever since he's been traded to the Giants as part of the Odell Beckham Jr. trade, um, he's been he's been money for this team. He's been one of the better uh, he's been one of the better uh, players in that secondary. Uh, that that whole secondary, if you think about it, in, for uh, for the Giants, has really been underrated. You have you have Logan Ryan, who's who's always been a very solid number two guy. 
Um, who's the who's the other top? Who's the other corner that they have? He used to play for. Uh, I, I'm losing. Uh, he's on his on the James tip of Bradbury. my tongue. What's that? James Bradbury. James James Bradbury. Those two. He he basically had an all all ca- uh, all pro caliber season. Um, and then you add Jabril Peppers to the mix, who's been who is dynamite for them. Um, I like Jabril Peppers in my top ten. I know that's a bit of an un- unpopular opinion, but I think he was very uh, undervalued just because he was on the Giants, and I feel like everybody just everybody just wrote off the Giants' defense because it's the Giants. Nobody even expected that Giants' defense to be that good. So I really uh, hats off to Jabril Peppers. Um, yeah. But as for your number nine, Just Justin, I respect that Jabril Peppers because he actually did help that Giants' defense out a lot. But for my number nine guy. Surprisingly, people might be shocked by this, but I said Derwin James is my number nine guy. And everybody might say, whoa, whoa, he's number nine. He should be top five. The problem with Derwin James is the last time he played was in 2019. He didn't play all of 2020 because of injuries, and he didn't play most of 2019 due to injuries. So that's the only thing holding him back from being in my top five. If he could stay healthy, at least top five, borderline top three, but because he can't stay healthy, and he's having a hard time getting back on the field. I hope he stays on the field because that Charger defense would be nasty with him back on the field. But if he struggles with injury, it's going to see him. It's going to be pretty tough for him to be any higher than number nine right now for safeties, which is why he's at the position he's at right now. See, Darwin James is a type of player who I think uh, he had this one injury. Yeah, I get it, but I think he's I think he's going to bounce back. So I have him a little higher. I completely get it why you haven't, but I, I mean, he, his injury history isn't that isn't that big. It's I big when considered he missed most of 2019 and then all of 2020. Yeah, it's 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 fair. Um, I still I still think he's gonna bounce. He's he's I, I still think he's gonna bounce back. He he has to come back at some point, and um, I don't I don't think. The safety position is that is all that demanding of a position. I think he bounces back next year. But for my number nine, I do have Antoine Winfield Jr. I know a lot of people don't necessarily like him in the top ten, but I um, I actually really liked Antoine Winfield Jr. I think that um, I think that <coughs> excuse me. I think that uh, Buccaneers secondary was. Um, the the statistics were a little misleading. I think he the uh, the secondary went through a few injuries halfway through the season, and therefore their their t- secondary just got torched halfway through the season. Uh, they did go through that stretch where they lost three out of four games in the middle of the season, costing them any chance of getting a first round bye um, or being up there in the top two three seeds. They they wound up the team wound up sw- slipping in as a wild card. Obviously, the rest is history. They won the Super Bowl. But a lot of that is in large part to Antoine Winfield Jr. The big, the the biggest piece to that, uh, to that, um, sorry, um, to that secondary, and um, he was a he was a rookie, uh, taken out of the second round, um, and he he has a chance to uh, this season probably climb up climb up the list. I think this is a guy with a bright future. He had a great season. Uh, he he went through a couple injuries early in the season. I think I, I'm pretty sure he had 
Um, and he, he had some trouble during the postseason too, staying healthy. So that's why I have him a little lower and he did go through some, go through a few growing pains every now and every here and there. But Antoine Winfield Jr., I have him as my number nine guy. He's not your. All right. I'm not going to lie. He would have been my number. He would have been my top 10 if it wasn't for Deshaun Elliott, because I believe he spearheaded that defense and took control of the back end like Levante David took control of the front end. I believe he was a strong reason why that defense held Patrick Mahomes and his crew to nine points in that Super Bowl and put up the deuces to Tyreek Hill. So hats off to him. Congratulations on winning the Super Bowl. Now, for my number eight spot, we got Mr. Blitz boy himself, Jamal Adams. He fell off last year. And I'm not saying all of it is his fault because I believe scheme and injury played a part in it. But my God, was he bad in coverage. I couldn't like I feel like every time he was in coverage, he got burned. And that wasn't always the case. But he did not look good in coverage. Now, in the box, fine as always. He had nine and a half sacks. But there's a reason why he earned the name Blitzboy, because that's all he did last year. Because if you put him in coverage, he got burnt like toast. So it's not where it's not good where he was with the Jets. So hopefully he has a bounce back season. And actually, like that was a fluke year last year. And he can be the same old Jamal Adams that we all know and love instead of the new Jamal Adams that we see in Seattle, where he's a f- great blitzer, but not too good in coverage right now. Okay, so at number – so fair argument for Jamal Adams. I have a little higher. But uh, at number eight, I have Tyron Matthew. So Tyron Ooh. Matthew, uh, I know a lot of people want him at number – at num- uh, top five. But he's a guy who I just think he has a – he has a really – I guess call me a – Call me a. I mean, I have I have Derwin James in my out of my top five uh, as well. But Tyron Matthew, I think he just has he just has the lower ceiling than Derwin James, which is why I have him a little higher, uh, which is why I have him just below him. But Tyron Matthew, uh, he's the type of player who really helped this uh, this Chiefs defense. Um, the only reason I have him uh, so low is my is his injury history he's just con- continuously gone through all these injuries uh throughout his career um it and honestly he's he surpassed my expectations i i didn't think he was going to be as big um as big of a an impact player as he has been for the chiefs but i have him at number 7 or sorry are we are we at number we're at number Eight. We had number, number this is eight. number eight. Yeah. So he's my number eight guy. Um, yeah. I I like Tyron Matthew at number eight. And maybe he could climb up later in this season, but this is where he stands right now. He's a, he's higher up in my list. He's higher up in my list. He's in my top five. I can't leave him out because I believe he's the glue that holds that Chiefs defense together. I think all these safeties have the are kind of like that, aren't they? In different kind of, I mean that's that's kind of the way that we've that we've talked about most of these safeties. So I'm just I'm just saying like I think it's injuries that I mean I, I think it's injuries that really kind of separate all these players in some ways. 
All right. So my number seven player is Buddha Baker safety from the Arizona Cardinals. My, oh my, Buddha came on the scene and had an instant impact in 2020. I was like, is he a top five safety? Oh my God. He was playing phenomenal at the beginning of the season. He was incredible. That game on Monday night against the Cowboys. Yo, he was like that. He had a pick. He had a sack. He was all over the field against the Cowboys. They stood no chance when he was on the field. My, oh my. That game was over at halftime, I believe, just because of him. And they couldn't stop Arizona's offense. But they couldn't stop him on when they were on, when the Cowboys were on offense. So I was like, oh. But then as the season progressed, I saw other safeties play better than him. So I was like, yeah, he's my number seven pick. And outside of the fact that the Cardinals did not make the playoffs, that kind of played a part in him being ranked at seven. But overall, I believe by the end of this in this upcoming year, he will be top five. That's a fair argument. Um, what I have next at number seven is actually – Derwin James. Uh, now I know you, uh, you had him a lot. You, I know you had him a lot, um, a lot lower because mm-hmm. of his injuries. But mm-hmm. when Derwin James is at his best, he's one of the best secondaries. He, he, sorry, he's one of the best safeties in the league. Mm-hmm. And um, I th- I'm counting on him to bounce back. I think he. Uh, I think going into this season, he's going to be healthy, and he's. Uh, he may he may be a little bit rusty, of course, uh, going into the season, but I think he ultimately finishes as a uh, as a top seven uh, a top seven safety in this league. I I'm counting on him to bounce back big time, and maybe even maybe even more so. Oh, I I hope he does bounce back because I love watching him play. I just hope the injury doesn't hamper him in any way way, shape, or form, so knock on wood for him, and hopefully he can return to that future all-pro form that we saw in 2018. Now, for my number six guy, who people would argue should be in the top five, but again, this is the safety position is a lot deeper than people think, and for number six, I put Justin Simmons. He's my, he's my number six guy. Outside Outside of the top five. Now, nothing taken away. Nothing taken Nothing taken away from him, but I believe just the safeties ahead of him are just flat out better. Just, it's really nothing against him. Phenomenal year, last two years, played at an all-pro level both times. A 90-plus grade from pro football focused. And, yeah, just a great player. It's just that I value the other five more than I value him at this moment in time. So that's why he can't be any high, uh, any like any further than six right now. Now, that could change in the middle uh, next year. If he, I feel like, yeah, there's n- no one playing better than Justin Simmons right now. But as of right now, he's number six in my eyes. All right, so I have Jamal Adams at number six, Blitz and board. I'll tell you why. I think the guy when he was in when he was a New York Jet was an absolute stud, and mm-hmm. he was arguably one of the best, arguably one of the best, uh, one of the best safeties in the league. Um, 
And he goes into a new system. His first year, he struggled a lot. And they basically had him, like you said, they, they call him Blitz Boy. They, they had him Blitz a lot. I think he's he's complete. He's perfectly healthy now. <coughs> he has he has another year in that Seahawks system. The Seahawks have, have a good history with running back. Well, sorry, with uh, with safeties. I think he has a bounce back year, and I think he's uh, he's going to be extremely good. Uh, he's going to be an extremely good player, a key part of that Seahawks defense going into the 2021 season. I certainly hope so, because they gave up two first-round picks for him. I certainly hope so. All right, that is four through six. Uh, uh, sorry, that is six through ten for our top safeties. Next, we will have our top five safeties going into the 2021 season. This is the best of the best. It's a final countdown. Stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss this. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. All right, here we go. The final countdown. Here we go. We have the top five safeties in the league. This is the best of the best right here. All right, Justin, why don't you stop? Why don't you start us off with your number five guy? My number five guy. As much as it pains me to say, I can't deny his greatness, and that is. Minka Fitzpatrick from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And mm, it, it hurts for me to say this, but he is, I believe, the best sa- safety in the AFC North for right now. Deshaun Elliott's on the way. Best believe that. But in the AFC North, I do believe it's Minka Fitzpatrick is number one. The reason for that is because ball range or like range. If he's in it, Within any range, sideline to sideline, oh, he can get to the ball, no problem, and he can pick it off. And the thing about him, he can take it back for a touchdown. So if you throw it his way, you got to be careful because he could take it back any at any time. So am I scared of him as a Raven? No, but I'm just speaking because I'm a biased Ravens fan. He is actually very, very good. And at first, when you saw him on the Dolphins, you thought – is he really a first-round pick? But when you saw him with the Steelers, you saw, yeah, he's worth every penny of it that they took to get him. So, yeah, he's my top. He's in my top five. As much as I hate facing him, there's a reason why I hate facing him. He's very, very good. See, so here I have, for my top, for my number five guy, I have Buda Baker. Buda Baker. Uh, so a lot of people know him as the guy who got chased down by DK Metcalf in a foot race after he pulled a pick, uh, interception, which which could have easily turned into a pick six had he about run, out, outran him. But other than that, um, don't let that uh, don't let that fool you. He was he was a complete baller in this past season. He he was an, he earned an All Pro selection, um, and he's a key, he's another key part uh, to that uh, to his own secondary. And I I fully expect he's going to take another big step forward this season. Yeah, I certainly hope so. I did say he was going to be he he was going to be in my top five if he took that giant step forward. I believe he will take that step forward and he will be top five. However, with that said, my number four guy, my number four and my number three are on the same thing, so it's like it doesn't really matter. But my number four guy, and again, pains me to say, is Kevin Biard from the Tennessee Titans. My, oh, my. 
he is a pain to deal with. I faced him. Tw- I faced him twice in the last two seasons. Didn't like the fa- in fact that I had to face him. As a matter of fact, three times in the past two seasons, he is a pain to deal with. He is a pain in the pa- in the passing game. He makes life miserable for my Ravens whenever we try to pass, and he has picked off Lamar Jackson multiple times. So it's like, yeah, can you stop doing that, please? But he's a phenomenal player. I think he led the league in interceptions at one point in time, and I believe he cemented his status as one of the better safeties in the league, and that's why I have him as my number fourth player in the safeties. In the safeties. So next I have – so what I have is Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, now, I know you had him a little uh, a little later, probably out of spite, but – uh, this is a, this is a guy who's one of the best one of the best safeties in the league, um, and I don't see him slowing down anytime anytime soon. It's quite simple. He's one of the best safeties in the in the league. He uh, he carried that secondary for the the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I fully expect him to do it again next season. He is, yeah, all right. Wait until he goes up against Lamar. He'll take his ankles, no problem. And throw for five touchdowns. I'm calling it now. But that's that's the side. My number three guy is actually it's Tyron Matthew, which you have way lower than me. I believe that he's phenomenal in man coverage, so he can take away the slot, no problem. I believe he can come back as a come into the box as a phenomenal blitzer so he can apply pressure to the quarterback and force you to get the ball away way sooner than you want to. Otherwise, it will be a sack. And I believe he is the captain of that Kansas City Chiefs defense that went on to win a Super Bowl. So I believe he has the intangibles and the ability to be num- to be a top three safety, and he has proven so with his pl- playmaking. That's why he's my number three safety. All right, here I have – so here I actually have Harrison Smith. Uh, Harrison Smith, uh, he was a rookie in 2012. He kind of had a um, – he hasn't had a healthy season uh, since 2012. But um, I think this is a, type, this is a player he, – he's healthy now, um, and I think he's going to – He's going to play up up to his potential, which is to be uh, one of the best safeties in the league. It's funny you should say Harrison Smith because Harrison Smith actually is my number two overall guy. The reason he is number two overall in my eyes, because he's scheme proof. He can fit in any system you ask him to because in Minnesota, they can run any system you ask him to. That's how they pride themselves. If you want to go to a blitz package, no problem. A 4-3, no problem. A 3-4, no problem. If you want to run man, they can do that. If you want to run zone, you can do that. If you want to run match coverages, they can do that. Harrison Smith is so unbelievable. He's phenomenal in the run game. He's phenomenal as a blitz as a blitz guy. He causes pressure or problems for the quarterback when he comes off the edge. And he makes it a nightmare for running backs. Also, he's good in good to greater man coverage. If you have all of those things and you can fit whatever scheme in the NFL, I value you extremely high because it doesn't matter what I call, you can make it work because he's that flexible. So 
all all in all, I think he's been that good for that long. Yeah, he's my number two guy. Okay. Not bad. So go, moving on to our number one pick, I have drum roll Justin Simmons. So you oh. had this guy way, way up there, and I thought, holy crap, that is low. But this guy this guy has been phenomenal for his entire time with the Denver Broncos. Um, he's been a bright spot in that secondary his entire career there. Um, and I'm pretty sure this has been for his entire stretch there. It's been, it's been a rough time for the Broncos as a team. Uh, that secondary has kind of deteriorated as this, as the time has have gone on. This isn't the, these aren't the years of the, the 2015 Broncos or the 16 Broncos too. And they were also good. These aren't those years where they were, where they're tearing it up. That deep, that, that secondary is looking to be, uh, rebuilt a little bit. They bit, they picked up. Uh, they picked up Kyle Fuller right after the Chicago Bears cut him. They have A.J. Bouye back in that secondary. Um, and with Justin Simmons leading the charge, uh, this is going to be a great season for the Denver Broncos secondary, and it will be mainly because of Justin Simmons. So look out for him in 2021. Whoa, whoa, whoa. As much as it – I like Justin Simmons. I can't put him above any of the other guys. I don't think he's as talented as the other guys I put ahead of him, but I understand why you have him number one. I think you skipped over your number two guy, who I have as number one. I'm pretty sure I had number two. You had Smith. Well, then my number one guy is Eddie Jackson, Chicago Bears stand-up, because – he is unbelievable. That 2018 season, I don't think people understand how great he was as a safety. When you watched him play, there was a good chance he was scoring a touchdown. He scored one against the Bills. He scored one against Detroit. He scored one against the Vikings. I think he might have had one against the Rams, or it might have been a pick. He just couldn't stop scoring. In that time span of a month, he outscored offensive players like Todd Gurley at that time, who was a beast within his own right. So I was like, ooh, and he has carried it on, even helped his team make it back to the playoffs in 2020. When you think about the scheme they run, it's all about pressure and taking away the deep ball. If you throw it deep against Eddie Jackson, he's still great enough to get to the ball and pick it off. So no matter what you do, you have to be careful throwing it deep. And if you try to throw it short, he may be fast enough to get to that as well. If you have range enough to go from deep to short just like that that's pretty impressive that's range and that's why he's my number one that's a fair pick he hasn't been the same since 2018 but um we'll see how we'll see how he let's see how he how he does mm-hmm. um so that's it for our safety rankings next week we'll have our top 10 linebackers we'll make sure we put together a solid list for you guys of our of our rankings of our top 10 linebackers going into next season. I hope you guys enjoyed this list of our top 10 safeties. Uh, it was, it was interesting to put together. Um, and it's, uh, especially the top, especially the bottom five of the top 10. It was, it's interesting because you don't think you kind of just think, Oh, this guy is among the best. And you just don't, you never think about where were you specifically you would rank these players. But anyways, 
Uh, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check us out on Spotify and Google Play. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week over and out. Bye-bye.